Well, hello and welcome to the People's Podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm Bob. I'm Patrick. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in with us. I hope you are all doing well this day. And if you've been with us over the last couple months, we have been talking about this big controversial subject of divorce that has impacted so many lives. And we have been looking at the different questions as they relate to divorce. The first one we looked at was the why question. Why do so many go through divorce? And we talked a little bit about that. And then we talked about the when question. When are the occasions that give allowance for divorce that we see in Scripture, in God's Word? And just to remind us that, you know, God's plan for you and I was never to be divorced. He does not want that for our lives. It's not the best decision. But, you know, ultimately, God does not condone divorce, but He allows it at a times for different occasions and, and circumstances. And so we talked much about that. And so today... We're going to be finishing this all off with the how question. So we look forward to getting into all that. Thank you so much for joining us. You are listening to the People's Podcast. Two, one. We can be depressed and, and have faith. You're looking at them and you're thinking, are they diseased? And they're looking at you and thinking, <laughs> are you diseased and stuff? Jesus will break in everywhere that he needs to, to rescue his sons and daughters. Amen. I couldn't say, help me. I didn't believe I deserved that. We the people. Hi, and welcome to the People's Podcast, where we love God and love people. We're here to talk about various topics in our world today. Some of the things that you and I go through and encourage you along the way. Together, we want to love God and love people, and hopefully you will too. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Well, welcome back to the show. We are talking about divorce, and as we wrap this up for this month, we are answering the how question. And so, who we have to talk about this topic is our very own pastor of youth ministries here at Calvary Bible Church. It's Patrick Young. Patrick. Thanks so much for being willing to lead us with your thoughts on this today. And also, I just want to give opportunity for Patrick. He's got some exciting news, and I want to give him opportunity to share that. So before we dive into this, Patrick, why don't you tell our listeners what's taking place in your life? So it's been a crazy uh, last week here. Just welcomed our first son into Yay. the world. Congratulations. And yeah, he's, he's cute, trying to get used to less sleep. Uh, this yep. this past week, but um, welcome to parenthood. It, right. It's a good thing we yep. we went into the ER with my wife uh, this past Wednesday with the stomach bug and left with a kid. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I don't get what she has. That's for sure. I don't get what want that. So I don't yeah. teach anyone to go to the hospital for being sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but congratulations. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We're yeah. excited about that. But God is God is good and his grace was definitely upon the situation and both yeah. mom and baby are healthy and doing yeah. well. So yeah, we like just praise him. Thirteen days early. Yeah, thirteen days wow. early. So definitely weren't expecting that this past week, but um it's been a blessing. Yeah. Yes. I always say it is a marvelous miracle to to stop and think about, you know. For parents, you know, whether you're a first time parent or, you know, this is, you know, third or fourth kid or, or on down the line with it all, or, <laughs> man, or, you know, prior to that child being born, you cannot imagine what your life is going to be like 
And literally the transaction that takes place there is so amazing that once that child is born, you can't imagine what your life would be like without them. And it's an amazing thing uh, that just God gives us this miracle. And, you know, everyone that's a parent will agree the day you become a parent, you never yeah, stop. That's right. You yeah. never stop. So, yeah. Yeah, my daughter's 27, getting married. So you're welcoming one in, and uh, I'm marrying one off. Been a couple busy weeks here, but um, I want to wrap this up on a positive note today. We're looking at the how question. How can you save your marriage from divorce? Yeah. If you're at the end of this road or at the beginning of this road, or maybe you've never even thought about going down this road, I want to give you hopefully some tools that will prevent this from ever happening in your life. And I know I'm putting a lot of weight in these steps but I feel like I can because they come right out of the Bible mm-hmm. and you can never go wrong going to the Bible. But one of these first things, we have to recognize that the road to highly destructive sins and marriage that lead to divorce, uh, such as adultery or abuse, builds slowly over time. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to wake up on a random Saturday in October. I know that was very random, uh, but you're not going to wake up on a random Saturday in October and say, we're done. Uh, this isn't working out. I'm leaving. Uh, you're not going to do this because it begins with everyday choices. That's right. Yeah. Listen to this. Everyday choices can either build or destroy a marriage. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so, so powerful. True. I mean, just like you can't get holy in a hurry. Mm-hmm. It's usually that slow fade. Yeah. That's right. Draw away from God. Yeah. I feel like you could brand that on a t-shirt, holy in a hurry. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be holy in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to do your homework. Yeah. 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 But the path starts small in the choices of the heart. Uh, James chapter one, verses 14 and 15 says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. Uh, it's not rocket science here, but it's that avalanche snowball type of effect. Uh, many have heard of Newton's first law of motion. And if you haven't for a couple of years, uh, this is school time now. Newton's first law of motion says an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction unless acted upon by an outside force. Yeah. And I'm not a a rocket science for sure. (laughs) I barely made it through science, but I do know this from reading the Bible. The holy habits matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reading the Bible, praying, uh, being with like-minded believers, having that accountability partner. Uh, We have all these science books filled with the laws of nature, but we have the Bible that is full of the truths of the God and the creator of all these natural and spiritual laws. Uh, Proverbs 1, 1 says, These Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, are given for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight about prudent behavior. Hmm. You've got to do your homework, folks. And it makes, you know, it makes me think even further, you know, like if we want a happy marriage or we want a marriage that's going to last and be healthy, then we've got to have the right elements to it, as Bob is what you're saying there. I mean. There has to be, Patrick, to your point, the the investment that it's made there. And, you know, many of us, you know, you start thinking about these thoughts of divorce or you start going through this stage in your marriage where it becomes stagnant or it becomes negative. And there's usually all of these habits that are going on that, 
you know, you've let happen. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've chosen to not be intentional about the good things. Yeah. So the bad things have automatically taken over. So now you're in this rut. Now this is where you're at. And now you're looking and focusing on this way because you don't see any way out of this, you know, because of where you are. And, you know, just just reminds me, you've got to have some sort of intervention in it all. Hmm. If you want to change the context of your marriage, then you've got to have other elements from outside come in that are going to change the dynamic of all of that. And it's this whole idea of, okay, bake a vanilla cake all your life. Now you want to bake a chocolate cake. What do you have to do? Change the recipe. You have to change the recipe. You have to make different choices. You have to be intentional on this. You got to say, is my choices working to end my marriage or are the choices I'm making working to build my marriage. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So Newton's first law of motion, an object at rest stays at rest and an object in motion stays in motion with the same speed and in the same direction, unless acted upon by an outside force. Mm-hmm. If the motion that is starting the thoughts of divorce continues unabated, no doubt there will be a day where you wake up and you want to throw in the towel on your marriage. Yep. Mm-hmm. But as a Christian, uh, just some thoughts for us today. What is that outside force that God may use to save your marriage? Yeah. And I just have a few of them uh, to throw out to you this morning. Number one is his word, the Bible. That's it. Uh, That outside force, it does so much in our daily walk as a Christian. But are you reading the Bible? Do you talk about Jesus together? Mm -hmm. Are you plugged into a church where the word of God is open and made applicable to your life? Right. Uh, so God may use and hopefully he uses that outside force on you, his word, the Bible. Uh, but then a Christian friend, people that are in our corner, people that we can turn to uh, talk about those difficult situations. Maybe it's the prayers of a family member. Yep. Uh, maybe it's your pastor. Yep. Maybe it's a podcast. Yeah, maybe. I hope it's sinking in and, and uh, helping. But know this as a Christian, if you're living in sin, God's not going to let you stay comfortable in your sin. Right, that's right. But also on a positive note, if you're following in the footsteps of the Savior, living a life in marriage that honors and glorifies God, God's goodness is going to keep running after you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things to, two things, I guess, to point out there with all that is like you talk about the whole idea of throwing in the towel on your marriage. You know, I think it's good to point out like every couple, every married couple have been there. You're not alone in that. Oh, yeah. You've thought about it because marriage is hard. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing. And every one of us have you know, stepped into that viewpoint or, or thought process where we are thinking about is the grass greener on the other side yeah. and where I'm at is really, is it really where I want to be? But, you know, Patrick, you even go further with this, you know, to, to talk about, you know, just, just the simple fact that God doesn't want this for us. And, hmm. you know, he, he didn't design things this way. And, you know, when we're walking with God, we're going to be working on our marriage. Yeah. That's all there is to it yeah. because the spirit of God is leading us to do that, to love our spouse or whatever, to build one another up. You're not going to see a decaying marriage and a thriving relationship That's with God. Right. Yeah. It's a little cliche, but the, the couple that prays together stays together mm-hmm. is absolutely mm-hmm. true. If you are praying day and night together, that just brings a whole new 
atmosphere and, and element to your marriage. Yep. And, and you have to have those holy habits. If, if you are not reading your Bible, not praying, not in fellowship, you're setting yourself up for the D word. And I remember when my wife and I had to get to the point where we are never going to throw that out there like a trump card. Mm-hmm. We're not even going to say the word divorce anymore. That's it, because we're committed that it's not going to happen. So we got to figure things out and work together. And you're right. Everyone gets to that point where you said the D word and you need to stop having that as an option. Yeah. When I did um, marriage counseling before we got married, the uh, the pastor that did our marriage counseling with us, uh, he, older gentleman, he was probably he's probably in his later 70s now. But he said, I've got two steps for you that that are it's going to really help your marriage. Pray together uh, before you go to bed mm-hmm. and don't go to bed angry at each other. Mm-hmm. But how many let those small things slip in? Yep. Uh, they go to bed angry. They hold those hard feelings, uh, maybe even go days without speaking to one another. It, it builds slowly over time. Uh, but know this. Um, Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Yeah. If God is in your marriage, if, if you're doing the things that he wants you to be doing, Nothing can be against you. Right. Uh, the only the only thing that's going to stand in the way of that is yourself. Yeah. Uh, Psalm forty six one is is the one that says God is our refuge and strength, our ever present help in trouble. But we can't come to Him just when we're in trouble. He needs to be our ever present help when things are going good too. So you hmm. don't have to run to Him only when you're in trouble. Yeah. And I I want to tell our listeners out there this too because. You might be in that decaying marriage where you've let things, you know, go. You've gone to bed angry enough times that you're not talking to one another. Things are stagnant. Things are not being dealt with. And you're at a point where you're looking at your marriage and you're thinking, man, the road looks really long on the way back to a healthy marriage. And I can tell you right now that there's many of us have been there and it is not. You can start today to build on your marriage and that road is not an impossible road to travel. That's right. It isn't. Hmm. And that's so refreshing for so many to hear because maybe you've been there and you feel like this this can never be repaired. Mm-hmm. That's a lie that Satan wants you to believe that is going to destroy your life and cause greater repercussions than you can only imagine. Yeah. And it's ignoring the greatest commandment. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others above yourself, you will not get a divorce. It is not going to happen. Yeah. We've failed to do all of those things first. Yeah. And then it leads to destruction. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Two choices. I know this is going to, hopefully you can remember this one, um, but this is a, a quote that I've has stuck with me for a long time. Two choices remain on the shelf. Serving God or serving self. Mm-hmm. And we have to wake up every morning and know that the devil is looking to devour us spiritually, yeah. uh, but also our marriage uh, mm-hmm. spiritually. So not only must we recognize that the road to highly destructive sins in marriage that lead to divorce, uh, such as adultery or abuse, builds slowly over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I just want to give you quickly four other helps uh, for you to know if you want to save your marriage from divorce. The first one is stay humble. Yeah. Humility is huge. True, true. Yes. Yeah. Proverbs 11, 2 says with humility comes what? Wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be humble. 
Yeah, wisdom. Right. Yeah, we, we have to stay humble in how we treat our spouse. Uh, staying humble requires that we continually serve our spouse in love. Yeah. That's a big one that, that people don't consider or realize. Serving our spouse in love. Yeah. Love covers a multitude of sins. We have to remember that. But considering uh, their needs is more important than our own. Right. And to your point there, Bob, you know, you gave that quote in scripture there, you know, humility is the prerequisite for wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, when we are humble, it means that we're, you know, we're we're teachable. We're in a position where we can make wise choices. And those are always going to lead us to uh, to building and not destroying. And, you know, in contrast, obviously, when we're focused on self, like Patrick has just said, or we've taken self and serving self off the shelf there, it's going to feed that prideful and selfish mode and mindset. And there's no win in that. There's no hmm. win. There's never a win. And, you know, it's not until we come back to this point and become humble. And mind you, you know, we see in Scripture, and thank God for it, that if we won't humble ourselves, God will humble us. You know? yeah. And and even in that, there is God's grace and mercy and protection because he's trying to show you and I that what he has for us is what is best, not what we think is best. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so staying humble. Despite our busy schedules, we must choose to invest in our marriage relationships and to discover how our spouse best needs to be loved. Yeah. Uh, But then not only uh, should we stay humble in our marriage, but we must stay accountable. This one is this one's big. Mm -hmm. Uh, We must stay accountable to others and to God for our thoughts and actions. Uh, The Bible says that no man is above reproach and that we are all capable of falling into sin. Uh, This has been the biggest lesson for me as I hear these tragic stories of Christians facing divorce. Uh, Know this, no one is exempt. That's true. So you may be on a good road today, Mm -hmm. but don't take that for granted. Don't let your relationship with God slip. Mm -hmm. And, And I would even add to that, don't think that because, you know, you haven't been in this situation of divorce where others have been that, you know, you can't be like, yeah. like you just said. I mean, we look down. Maybe you might be someone that looks down on somebody that's been through a divorce. Mm-hmm. You better watch it yeah. in some ways because you're not above things. You could fall right into that very same thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it just makes me think even further. You know, you, there have been many that have gone through divorce. And sadly, that decision has either been made by themselves or by the other person there with all that. But the choice has been made. Know that, you know, everything's not hopeless there either. And that's something to keep in mind. God paints beauty with the ashes. God can forgive. God can restore. God can uh, create and make a wonderful story with your life, even though mistakes have been made. Yeah. And so, but yeah, and that goes hand in hand with being humble, you know, and you realize that, hey, I'm vulnerable to things just like everybody else. So stay accountable, Uh, get a mentor, find a prayer partner, Mm -hmm. tell someone if you're struggling with temptation, Uh, maintain regular accountability with at least one other person of the same sex. Uh, That's important too. Uh, That'll keep you from divorce. Uh, It's a critical part of protecting your marriage from divorce and staying faithful to God's plan for you. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of these verses like James 5, 16 that we memorized a long time ago, but we don't apply it when it's time to apply it. Confess our sins to each other. 
so that we can be healed. Yeah. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You've got to say, hey, Ethan, hey, hey, you know, Bill, hey, whoever, I'm having issues. Can we talk about it? You got to have that accountability partner yeah. that's going to look you in the eye and say, how are you doing? And mm-hmm. it all goes back to keeping you on track, first of all. What did you read today in the Bible? Have you prayed today? What's going on? And then if you do find yourself in trouble, they can encourage you again with Scripture. But you've got to start with confessing those to somebody, yes to the Lord, that you need help. Yep. So stay humble, stay accountable, uh, but then also stay teachable. Hmm. Uh, we must stay teachable so that we don't develop a hardened heart toward our spouse. Hmm. Our spirits need to be willing to accept the fact that we don't know everything about marriage or even about our spouse sometimes. Uh, every day, you know, you learn something new and you can uh, act like, man, I'm, I'm married for the first time all over again. Hopefully it's like that in your marriage. But we need to continually learn how our marriage can grow despite the challenges because mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be challenges that are thrown in the way mm-hmm. and be willing to fight fair to protect our spouse's feelings. Yeah, when you treat your spouse as a sister in Christ, because we all do that, we we treat or brother ladies, uh, who, yeah, uh, <laughs> who aren't our spouses. Sometimes we treat them nicer, right? Don't yeah. forget, your wife is your sister in Christ, or yep. your husband is your brother in the Lord. Yeah. Number four, uh, we must have a growing relationship with God. Uh, this is this is pivotal. Yeah. Uh, we must have a growing relationship with God in order to stay faithful through marriage challenges. Uh, Most of all, we must make a thriving, honest relationship with God the number one priority in our lives. And if we make that the number one priority, your marriage is going to fall into place. But daily time in God's word, along with regular prayer, is the best way to grow deeply with God. Uh, But these times alone with Him are the times when God can speak clearly and deeply to our hearts, offering encouragement during marriage's tough seasons and conviction when we're headed down the wrong path. I just want to say, if you're listening to this and you're on the brink of divorce, uh, like Ethan said earlier, it's not too late to change direction. And please know this if you're listening, and hopefully we've been able to make it clear, we're not judging you. Yeah, uh, We're not condemning you. We're not looking down on you because I've seen that happen in churches and uh, that it turns people the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were, I was just talking to a lady this week and she said, um, you know, I I attended a church in uh, the state college area, but after I, uh, I ended up getting a divorce and after I got a divorce, people looked at me differently and kind of shunned me. Wow. And I said, man, I'm, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But, um, we're not we're not looking down on you, condemning you, uh, and neither is God. Uh, God doesn't hold us in our sin and shame. Right. Uh, there's a lot of shame that comes along with divorce, but know this: God doesn't. He doesn't hate you. Uh, he doesn't condemn you. He loves you. Uh, he yeah. truly does. Yeah, that reminds me of Second Peter three eighteen. It says, "Grow in the grace and the knowledge." Of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of people want to grow in the in the knowledge. Oh, the Bible says, and they want to, you know, thump the Bible on you when you're when you're sinning. But it, but don't forget for those people who who know all the scripture, 
but aren't gracious about it. It right. says grow in the grace and the knowledge of the <laughs> Lord Jesus Christ. God is a gracious God, and yep. he's a God of redemption and restoration. That's right. You know, and it always makes me think, and, you know, I look at the character of God. And, you know, when, when we go through something in our lives, some type of sin, or, you know, we disobey God in some way, you know, we have this tendency to view God as as someone who's just way up above looking down on us with a bony finger pointed yeah. at us where mm-hmm. he is condemning us and just judging us and sees no worth and value in us. And mm-hmm. we're here to tell you and we can see it throughout Scripture that that is not the God we serve. Thank goodness for that. And that God is looking down upon us. And the perfect example is the prodigal son. Hmm. And we see where the father looks out and sees his son. And even knows him exactly who he is off in the distance. Can't even make out all the details, but he knows that's his son. And he embraces him and he loves him and he brings him back and restores him. And God does that for each one of us, no matter if it's divorce or any type of sin out there or whatever it is. God is not looking at us and seeing our sin and calling us sinners. He says we are his saints and his children. As believers in Christ, we are part of his family, and nothing changes the context of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so thankful for that. And for us as Christians, you know, if God looks at all, every one of us that way, no matter or regardless of our sin, how much more so should we? Yeah. And yep. so, you know, we just want to thank you for listening. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for just hearing from us. And hopefully we've been an encouragement and, and, and it's been insightful for you. If you'd like more uh, information about the ministry of the People's Podcasts or any other ministries out there uh, in our church, please check us out on our website at calvarybibleonline.org to find out more that we have to offer. And uh, you know, hopefully that'll be a blessing to you. I want to thank you, Patrick, for yeah. uh, just leading us in this conversation today and just the encouragement and approach that you bring to the table. And hopefully this will be a blessing to so many out there. Until next time, I'm Ethan. I'm Bob. I'm Patrick. And this is The People's Podcast. God bless. Mm-hmm.